carbon capture. Let's talk about flaring. Within my first year of moving to West Texas to work, I bought myself my own little piece of the pie. The roughnecks would rotate on two-week shifts, but as a well-side geologist, my shift was the entire duration of drilling the well. Sometimes that would last four, five, even six weeks. And I had major burnout from working my 12-hour shifts on the rigs and going home to a trailer 200 feet from the same rig on the same four-acre pad. <laughs> I found 40 acres for a great price, mac dab in the heart of the action in Ward County, and placed an RV on my property. I was fortunate to have bought land with a little topography, and at night, I could see across the West Texas landscape, dozens of oil rigs all lit up like little castles, and even more burning flares. They look like tiki torches, giving brilliance to the dark desert. Knowing the vast amount of geological time it takes to create oil and natural gas, majority it formed in the Mesozoic era between 252 and 66 million years ago. It always hurt my heart to watch the flaring, wondering if I was crazy to be questioning if it was the right thing to do. I love to drive past the stacks, feeling from even a far distance the heat and hearing the rumbling of the combustion. I even had a few favorites and would be concerned, even miss them, if the flare was turned off or slowed down. I loved the beauty of the wild flames and warmth, like a sign of life in the desolation. But I loved it with a secret guilt. It seemed so terribly wasteful. I was always asking myself, why are we burning a source of energy and fuel? How many homes could this heat? Is there not a way to capture and save it? When I asked the operators, geologists, or company men these questions, they always blew me off like these are stupid questions. <laughs> After all, I was just a young lady looking at rocks, <laughs> very novice and ignorant to the business of oil and gas. And the vast corporations with their skyscrapers and scientists and lawyers, politicians fighting for environmental change, and even the military with all their satellites must be aware of all this massive flaring going on. They must not only approve, this must be a necessity for safety or for greater scientific value. Let's pause here for a quick review of what in the heck flaring is. Flaring is a process by which natural gas is burned off in a controlled manner when extracting oil and gas. The typical flare used in the oil and gas industry is composed of a boomer stack, which collects the unwanted, I hate that, you're not unwanted, gases to be flared. At its tip is an air-assisted mechanism which combines the free air with the generated gases being burned to improve combustion efficiency. Otherwise, the natural gas can burn in an uncontrolled way and be very dangerous. Every year, many people are injured and killed in explosions at the rigs and the wellheads, pipelines, and in other natural gas accidents. However, we aren't flaring just for safety's sake. The economics of carbon capture just don't add up. I'll give you an example and bring this up to date and complicate it some more. We get it. 
even though flaring the natural gas is exponentially better for the environment than releasing the straight methane gas into the atmosphere. And out of the many ways we create greenhouse gas emissions, such as coal, petroleum, and natural gas consumption, flaring is less than 1% of the total of these, yet it's still a significant amount and doesn't produce any work or useful energy as a result. Now, let's bounce back to the question I asked as a young geologist. As I watched the stack with its looming, bellowing, aggressive flames burning natural gas from the well, how many homes could this gas be heating? In the last decade, the volumes of gas flared and vented reported, remember that, reported, to the DOE's Energy Information Administration, the EIA, average between 200 and 300 billion cubic feet per year. And if I can add in my two cents, I imagine that is far from accurate and well below the actual totals. Reistad Energy estimates that we flare 1.15 billion cubic feet of natural gas per day. That is the equivalent of powering 4 million homes or driving nearly 5 million cars for a day. I have so many things that I would like to tell my younger self if I could. One of those things would be to tell her that she's not ignorant or wrong. Her conscience is right, and she is witness to a tragic waste of an incredibly powerful energy resource that has taken more time to create than our little mortal minds can really comprehend. It is a modern genocide that has a complex political support wrapped in layers of international wars and money like a Game of Thrones. What should we do? Well, build more pipelines, of course, to capture and transport the gas to a facility that can make it fit for use or store it. But what, 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 what's that you say? All you people shouting from the front row? You say there's no point to building more pipelines because the infrastructure is a waste, redundant, and very soon useless because we are moving to renewable energy. Oh, and how about this latest news? Just in. Biden shut down the Keystone XL project pipeline again. I don't know about you guys, but no matter how much I hate my boss, I never quit a job without having another one lined up. In other words, all renewable energy is massively subsidized by our taxpayer money, incentivized with tax credits forced into use at a higher cost by government mandates. And there's minuscule infrastructures to make it mainstream. Unless you guys are seeing wind-powered electric car pumps everywhere. I'm not. I've never seen one. <laughs> what I'm saying is we are taking a massive gamble against reliable, affordable, and bountiful oil and gas energy while lying to the public with a fantasy of primary renewable energy. And by the way, anybody know what to do with all these millions of trash solar panels? and mountains of huge expired wind turbines. Don't even get me started on the carbon footprint required to create renewables, let's dispose of them. And oh, this is a good one. If you have ever been on a West Texas lease road, then you know how utterly ridiculous it would be to think we could truck out all that low cost, non-economic natural gas to save the world from flaring while quadrupling our carbon footprint with giant gas guzzling trucks. I'm just saying, 
we don't have a good answer yet for the operators and service companies running on a shoestring budget, ultra tight margins, trying to pull a profit at $40 oil and $2 natural gas. Believe me, they do not want to flare the natural gas. It's a commodity. They just need it to be economic. We have denied them the pipelines they need. We are going to burden them with penalties for flaring and the cost for building facilities and transport. And I'll tell you what, if it becomes a catch-22 where it's a liability and a cost to have a natural gas well, well, I'll tell you what will happen. In fact, I'm going to tell you what is happening right now. People are simply walking away from their natural wells, natural gas wells. The banks are taking over the wells and the leases. Service owners are left with an abandoned hazmat problem on their land. We, the taxpayers, are paying the cost of plugging these abandoned wells. And methane leaks abound. If this continues, we will become dependent on foreign imports that have no honest reporting or enforceable regulations. So while we tuck our kids in at night after a day of successfully campaigning for the end of flaring, the end of pipelines, and saving the world with renewables, like a bedtime story, all we've really done is create a bigger monster. I'm a geoscientist. I'm a lover and a steward of our beautiful earth. Geologists are the moral voice defending the responsible use of energy. We put ourselves in oil and gas companies and we belong there because the finite resources we take from the earth deserve an internal representation in capitalism. We will find a solution to inflaring, but not today, not tomorrow. This problem needs careful and strategic planning and funding not defunding.